It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. It's Saturday the 8th of April. I'm Jamie Easton. This was a week that saw more rows over migrants, Donald Trump in court, Jacinda's farewell and tributes to a Japanese icon. Grab a cup of something hot, put up your feet... Get up to speed on the seven biggest stories of the week. This is the Standout 7 from the Smart 7. It's news, but not the news. The week started with Home Secretary Suella Braveman in the firing line once again over her controversial Rwanda policy. Suella's repeatedly claimed that Rwanda's a safe country for migrants, but when the BBC's Laura Kusenberg presented her with evidence that 12 refugees had been shot dead by Rwandan police back in 2018 after protesting reduced food rationing, Suella struggled. That might be 2018. We're looking at 2023 and beyond. The High Court, senior expert judges have looked into the detail of our arrangement with Rwanda and found it to be a safe country and found our arrangements to be lawful. Sounds convincing. The Home Secretary hasn't yet been able to confirm when the first flights to Rwanda will be actually taking off and shadow levelling up Secretary Lisa Nandy isn't buying it. She says the whole thing's a waste of time and money. This is so far a policy that has cost the British taxpayer a huge amount of money and hasn't seen a single person go to Rwanda. So I think the evidence so far suggests that this is just yet another outlandish nonsense claim from a Home Secretary that is unable to do the very basics of getting her own system working. Later in the week, we found out that the government's latest weeds in the ongoing campaign to stop small boats involves a really big boat. Around 500 asylum seekers are set to be housed in a 222 bedroom barge on the Dorset coast in the next few months. The single adult men living on board will have limited access to the local community with amenities provided on site. But not to worry, ministers have confirmed it'll definitely be nothing like a prison honest. Rishi says it's all about saving money. We're spending as a country £6 million a day housing illegal asylum seekers in, in hotels. That can't be right. I've committed to reducing that number, moving asylum seekers out of hotels, and that means we need to find alternative sites. But the plans are facing plenty of local opposition. Pete Roper, who's mayor of Portland, says local services just aren't equipped for it. The Port Authority have got a very small police team. We've only got one full-time police constable with two PCSOs. And when these individuals will be sort of placed uh, on the barge, uh, it will be June, July, which is just at the start of our sort of busy tourist season. And Labour MP Jess Phillips doesn't think it'll make any difference to the backlog of cases. It's just another ridiculous gimmick. Well, the thing I want to make clear is that this isn't instead of the hotels. This is as well as the hotels. And this particular barge, we're talking about sort of 0.3% of the current backlog. The eyes of the world's media were focused firmly on a Manhattan courthouse on Tuesday as twice-impeached former President Donald Trump showed up to be formally arrested and charged with 34 separate counts of falsifying business records. It all dates back to a hush money payment made to porn star Stormy Daniels just before the 2016 election, which Trump is accused of concealing. So was it a good or bad day for American democracy? Calvin Dark, who's a democratic strategist and global affairs commentator, says it's too early to tell. 
It's not a proud day for the United States to have a former president in the courtroom, but it can be a positive for our country as the world sees how justice is supposed to happen. Right-wing conspiracy theorist and lunatic Congresswoman from Georgia, Marjorie Taylor Greene, brought a band of pro-Trump supporters to the Big Apple and was certainly looking on the bright side when it came to Donnie. President Trump is joining some of the most incredible people in history being arrested today. Nelson Mandela was arrested, served time in prison. Jesus, Jesus was arrested and murdered by the Roman government. Jesus, indeed. Trump pleaded not guilty and then sulked all the way back to his Mar-a-Lago mansion, where he gave a 25-minute rambling speech to his fans and the media late on Tuesday evening. And this is where we are right now. I have a Trump-hating judge with a Trump-hating wife and family whose daughter worked for Kamala Harris and now receives money from the Biden-Harris campaign and a lot of it. New polling shows that Donald's still leading the race to be the next Republican presidential nominee, even though he's the first president in history to face criminal charges. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez popped up on the Seth Meyers show and says that New York took the whole historic moment in its stride. It was a very New York kind of day. <laughs> you know, just the whole chaos of the scene and also all the people walking by like, okay, I'm on my lunch break, time to go. <laughs> yeah. it, it was just a lot, it was a circus. With a possible nine month wait for a court date, Lord Derrick, former UK ambassador to the US, has outlined what the next few months could look like for Donny. His lawyers will use the next few months to basically try and get the case dismissed. Uh, and then if they can't actually get it dismissed, then they will try every delaying tactic they can to get the hearing put back and put back and put back. And, you know, let's see what happens. Tuesday was an historic day in Europe as NATO welcomed its newest member, Finland, to the military alliance. Finland's president, Soli Nista, completed the formalities at NATO's Brussels headquarters. Uh, it's my great pleasure to deposit with the Secretary of State of the United States of America, Finland's instrument of accession to the North Atlantic Treaty. Uh, we can now declare that Finland is the 31st member of the North Atlantic Treaty. The addition of Finland means that the size of NATO's border with Russia just doubled, and NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg is delighted that Russia's aggression has backfired. President Putin wanted to slam NATO's door shut. Today, we show the world that he failed. US Secretary of State Antony Blinken, who formally accepted the ascension documents on Joe Biden's behalf, remains hopeful that Sweden's application to join will be approved soon. I'm tempted to say this is maybe the one thing uh, we can thank Mr. Putin for, because he here has precipitated something he claims to want to prevent. Vladimir Zelensky was on the road on Wednesday. He paid a visit to Poland to speak with Prime Minister Duda, who promised to send more fighter jets to Ukraine. Meanwhile, Vladimir Putin was blaming the US for Russia's invasion. Addressing new ambassadors and diplomats, he claimed it was US foreign policy and an attempt to build a new world order that sparked the Ukraine conflict. Relations between Russia and the United States of America, on which global security and stability directly depend, are going through a deep crisis. Unfortunately, it is based on fundamentally different approaches to the formation of the modern world order. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen and French President Emmanuel Macron were on a three-day visit to Beijing this week. They met with Chinese President Xi Jinping on Thursday in hopes of resolving the war in Ukraine. Von der Leyen's hoping to improve relations with China and apply more pressure on Russia. In the face of Russia's war against Ukraine, we want a just peace to be restored, territorial integrity 
and sovereignty are fundamentals of the UN Charter that we both fully support. Get ready for more daddy daycare as teachers are going to be walking out of their classrooms again after the government's latest pay offer was rejected. Staff in England will strike on April the 27th and May the 2nd and it was a pretty overwhelming ballot result for the National Education Union. The number of our members that rejected the government's pay offer is 191,319. And I do have to tell you that that is an outstanding standing 98% of members have rejected the vote. A 4.5% pay rise had been on the table. The increase will be decided by an independent pay review body instead. The Education Secretary is disappointed, but Dr Mary Booster, Joint General Secretary of the NEU, told Sky's Kay Burley the offer isn't good enough. We can't carry on like this. We have to pay teachers properly, get more of them in the profession, and get our schools working properly for the children and the young people who deserve a decent education. The unions say one of the big issues it's fighting to address is severe staff shortages in schools. Labour leader Sakir Starmer was hopeful the dispute would have been settled. Well, I'm disappointed that it's come to this, and I know many parents will be really worried about upcoming strikes. What I want to see is everybody getting around the table and resolving these issues. Still to come on the standout seven, a farewell from New Zealand and tributes to a quiet genius. Right after this. Welcome back. Nicola Sturgeon's husband, Peter Murrell, was arrested on Wednesday morning in connection with an investigation into Scottish National Party finances. Police were seen searching Sturgeon's house and back garden after more than half a million pounds worth of missing donations given to the SNP have gone missing. He's since been released without charge, and new First Minister Humza Yousaf insists this inquiry wasn't what inspired Nicola's resignation in February. You know, I believe Nicola Sturgeon, absolutely. You know, she had taken the party as further forward as, as she possibly could. I think anybody who has particularly seen Nicola through the Covid pandemic, uh, could really sympathise with just how exhausted uh, she absolutely was. It comes just three weeks after the new interim SNP chief executive said things were in a tremendous mess. Former First Minister Alex Salmond wasn't sounding too optimistic about the future of the party either. I led the SNP for a long time. I'm very sad about what's happening to it and indeed about what it's become. But Scottish Labour leader Anna Sawa says there's more important issues for Scotland right now and that the investigation needs to be thorough. It's a really serious situation and the police need to be allowed to do their job and to do the investigation. I think, of course, there are big questions to ask of both Nicola Sturgeon and Hamza Yusuf about what they knew and when. Former New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has insisted that leaders can be sensitive and kind in her farewell speech. In the highly personal speech, Jacinda's encouraged those who may not see themselves as traditional leaders to step forward. Ardern will be joining the Board of Trustees of Prince William's Earthshot Prize, as well as working to fight extremism and terrorist content online. She's been appointed as special envoy for the Christchurch Call, which she created in the wake of the 2019 mosque shootings. You can be anxious, sensitive, kind and wear your heart on your sleeve. You can be all of these things. And not only can you be here, you can lead just like me.
Sunday brought us the sad news that pioneering Japanese composer Ryuichi Sakamoto's died at the age of 71. Born in Tokyo in 1952, he began his musical career while at university and rose to prominence as part of the band The Yellow Magic Orchestra. He went on to pursue a successful career as a solo artist and film composer. His score for The Last Emperor won him an Oscar, Grammy and Golden Globe, but his most famous score was for the 1983 film Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, a film he also starred in alongside David Bowie. He said recently his biggest regret was not reconnecting with Bowie while he was still alive. Rest in peace, Richie. listening to the smart seven we'll be back tomorrow at 7 a.m hit that follow button and have a great day give us seven minutes we'll give you the world when your skin feels nourished and glows you radiate confidence osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean clinically proven mega moisture duo this seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.